Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. It's no coincidence that the Lord Jesus' final night before his death was also the Jewish Passover. The Old Testament Passover commemorated the sacrificing of a spotless lamb for the shedding of blood to atone for the sins of God's people. That Old Testament type signified that one day God would send the real spotless lamb to be offered up as an eternal sacrifice, not just to atone for sins, but to accomplish a full redemption for all who believe. 1 Corinthians 5 tells us that Jesus was that perfect spotless lamb, the fulfillment of the Passover. And so on that most significant night, the Lord Jesus shared the final Passover feast with his disciples. But then he prepared another feast, a feast that would replace the Passover for all those who believe until he comes again to receive all his redeemed ones and feast with them anew in his kingdom. Matt Miller has joined us for the first of a couple of programs on this matter of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, Matt. I don't know about you, but trying to prepare for this one, I'm filled with a realization of my inadequacy. There's so much here. It is so profound. And we really want to touch this in a way that I think our listeners are able to enter in at least this much, at least into the reality that this is something uh, full of meaning, full of significance, full of reality, and not just a religious tradition, a religious symbol. There's really a lot here to the Lord's table, isn't there? There is, Chris. This is one of those programs. It's not just another program. This is a special program. It's a mysterious subject dealing with a cup, a loaf of bread, the Lord replacing the Passover with his new covenant, the remembrance of him, the Lord's Supper. This whole thing starts out with a mysterious situation where they ask him, where do you want us to prepare the Passover? And he says, Go into the city, and this is verse 13. He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Yeah. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. So it starts out, I mean, who is this guy carrying the bottle of water that they followed? Who's the master of the house? The Bible never tells us. Right. So just the whole beginning of this whole story begins mysteriously. You know, at the end of our program today, Witness Lee is going to make a comment that I bring up now. He really hopes that we all would have the vision of what the significance is of the Lord's Supper here. So we've got a real concentrated program with a very important vision. And we're just praying that the Lord have mercy on us as we try to convey it. And it also underscores, Chris, the need, I think, for the listeners to get into the written life study. Because I don't know if we have the ability to cover this in a full way today on the radio. We just don't have enough time. Yeah, we don't have enough time. And, And as you said, Matt, it is such a mysterious matter. And 
you know, over the centuries, it has been applied, misapplied. It has sort of morphed in many cases into just a kind of a ritual, and and probably people go through the motions. Those who keep it or practice it, you know, a lot of Christians, a lot of believers don't even uh, practice it. You know, it's just something uh, that they, you know, it, it's a spiritual thing. Um, but those who keep it according to the Lord's uh, the Lord's commandment to the New Testament believers, do this in remembrance of me until I come. It's easy just to go through the motions. It happens, you know, either once a week or once a month or however often they practice it. But this really kind of shook me up, uh, you know, in a good way. I had a realization that I had let this become too common, and it should never be that. For whatever it is, it should never be that. As you said, it's mysterious, but it's also rich and full of meaning. You mentioned verse 13. I'm going to take the time, I think, to continue the reading from where you left off in Mark chapter 14. And the disciples went out and came into the city and found that even as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when evening fell, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they began to be grieved and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, It will be one of the twelve one who dips with me in this dish. For the Son of Man is going away, even as it is written concerning him. But woe to that man through whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup and gave thanks, and he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I shall by no means drink of the product of the vine any more until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Actually, Matt, two feasts mentioned here. In the verses just before this, we realize this is actually the third feast they had enjoyed just before the feast in the house in Bethany where Mary broke the alabaster flask of precious ointment. So these last hours were filled with feasting, weren't they? They were, Chris. And it's like you mentioned, he had just enjoyed the feast of his lovers. Right. Now he has the feast of the Passover, which is the last Passover feast in history because that was the Lord ended at that moment. Right. And then the new feast is the initiation of the Lord's Supper, which is the beginning. He said to do this until he comes. So those are the three feasts. Okay, here's Witness Lee, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Right after the enjoyment of the feast of the anointing, he charged his disciples to prepare another feast. That is the feast of the Passover. And in history, in God's economy, that was the last feast of Passover. After that, the feast of Passover was replaced by the Lord's table. And that indicates also that old dispensation was replaced. A new one, a new dispensation comes in. So today, we don't have the Passover feast, but we do have the Lord's table. We have his supper. His supper is our today's feast of Passover. How he instituted his supper? Very strange. With a bread and with a cup. We must spend much time here. 
the institution of his supper with the bread and the cup. This indicates a lot. This institution of his supper indicates at least four things. His death, his resurrection, he himself, and his enlargement. That is his body. And you have to realize that these four things will all issue in one thing. What one thing? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I will drink new in the kingdom of God. Matt, a couple of things strike me here, and feel free with anything that you were impressed with. Number one, this new feast, and you mentioned this earlier, was not a supplementary feast. It was a replacement. That's very significant, isn't it? That the Passover feast, as instituted by you know, God, by Jehovah in the Old Testament, was here being replaced. It was being ended. And as you said, this was the final Passover feast. It's very important, isn't it? It is, Chris. And, and we're going to see more as this program develops. But, you know, in Exodus chapter 24, God made a covenant with his people, the old covenant. Right. It was replaced with the new covenant. And the new covenant is represented by a cup. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. So you have bread and a cup. It seems so simple, a bread and a cup, some blood. But this is the new covenant. These are the symbols that the Lord used to portray his new covenant. And the Passover was related to the old covenant. That old covenant is over now that he's replaced it with his New Covenant, and that's what we're dealing with in the New Testament. So it's a very simple message, but it's it's very deep and profound at the same time. Yeah, he, he's not here just replacing one religious ritual with a new one. There is a dispensational change that's taking place here. Everything is changing at this point in time, isn't it? And if you only see the ritual, you really miss it. And I think, as you referred to earlier, this is the problem that many Christians look at the Lord's table or the Lord's Supper as a religious ritual, as something they may participate in or they may not, because they just don't understand it or they don't see. That's why it's so critical. And I I repeat again, our prayer today is that the listeners would see this matter of the Lord's table and how critical it is. There's a lot implied here. And as we get into the program, we're going to see the implications of of what the Lord is trying to show us. Well, there is a lot implied. Uh, Witness Lee mentioned even in this last portion, at least four things are implied. His death, his resurrection, he himself, and his enlargement, the body. All of this is incorporated now in in the new covenant represented by the cup. Matt, in 1 Corinthians 10, that cup is called the cup of blessing, which we bless. Is it not the fellowship of the blood of Christ? the bread which we break, is it not the fellowship of the body of Christ? So the cup and the loaf represent his blood and his body, two elements that you have to have in this new covenant. Here's Witness Lee once more. The bread of the Lord's table is a symbol signifying the Lord's body, broken for us. You have to know this breaching of his body indicates his death. The breaching at the cross indicates his death. The releasing of his life from within him indicates his resurrection. Just by enjoying this bread, we become his mystical body. This is the enlargement of Christ 
which is also signified by the bread of the table. The bread signifies our participation in life, and the cup is called the cup of blessing. In this cup are all the blessings of God, and even God himself as our portion. In Adam, our portion was the cup of God's wrath. Christ has drunk that cup for us. His blood was required by God's righteousness for the forgiveness of our sins. You could see how much the Lord's table implies, right? The Lord's blood, having satisfied God's righteousness, enacted the new covenant. In this new covenant, God gives us forgiveness, life, salvation, and all spiritual, heavenly, and divine blessings. When this new covenant is given to us, it is a cup, a portion for us. Could you follow this? The blood is the price Christ paid for us. The covenant that comes out of the blood is the title deed. Covenant is a title deed. And the cup is the portion we receive from God. Listen. It is called the blood. It is also called the covenant. It is also called the cup. These three are one thing. The cup is the portion we receive. And the covenant is the title deed of our inheritance. And the blood is the price paid. Just at the cup, you could see, my, the price paid by Christ. The covenant, the title deed, made by God. And now it all becomes our portion we receive. We enjoy. How about this? And you have to see by instituting such a table, the Lord Jesus surely indicated to his followers that they all have to enter into his death. They all have to enter into his resurrection. Why? The Lord served them with these four things. That means all you disciples have to enjoy what? Enjoy my death, enjoy my resurrection, enjoy myself, and enjoy my enlargement. You all have to enter into this. Matt, I was deeply impressed with this picture. In the cup, three persons are indicated here, aren't they? Uh, At one time it's called his blood, another time it's called the covenant, and then it's called the cup a blessing indicating our portion. In the life study, it refers to uh, a verse in Psalms, a number of them, one that I wrote down, Psalm 16:5. Jehovah is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. He took a cup and we get a cup. A good exchange, right? That's right, Chris. And the cup that the Lord took is referred to the cup of wrath in Revelation 14:10. Right. This is the cup that every human being inherited from their birth in Adam. They inherited a cup of wrath. And in John chapter 18, verse 11, the Lord said, The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? The Lord drank the cup of wrath. He took the cup of wrath for us that we could have the cup of blessing. It's really quite a a gospel. This is the good news is that the Lord has taken the cup of wrath that we can have the cup of blessing. This is the covenant. Uh, The new covenant is a cup. It's a cup of blessing. You know, you mentioned a verse in Psalms. Another one I like is Psalm 116, verses 12 and 13. 
What shall I return to Jehovah for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of Jehovah. We just really have a quite a wonderful gospel, wonderful salvation. It's something that we can just, we should all just right now call on the Lord and thank the Lord for this wonderful cup of blessing. Matt, we've got Christ here signified by the blood. He paid the price for this cup, as you said, by taking the cup that we were uh, really destined to take, entitled to take, the cup of God's wrath. He took that cup, paying the price so that this covenant that God was granting to his people could be enacted. You know, a covenant, as he said, is just like a title deed to a piece of property. And the transfer really takes place when a death occurs. So we have Christ paying the price. We have God providing the covenant, and then we are also indicated in the cup because, as you just said, we get the cup of salvation, we get the cup of blessing, we get the cup with Jehovah as our portion. What a picture in the uh, just half of the two symbols of the Lord's table. Matt, uh, the Lord is telling these things to the disciples, and even as you and I uh, admitted at the beginning of the program, Still, this is so mysterious and so deep, you have to go over and over and over and then realize you still don't get it uh, or don't get it in total for sure. Uh, And he's telling these things to the disciples the night before his death. No doubt they were as puzzling over what the significance of all this was. But there's a marvelous verse in John that Witness Lee will refer to in our final portion today. In chapter 16, verse 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of reality, comes, he will guide you into all the reality. For he will not speak from himself, but what he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are coming. And Witnessly brings this up in this coming portion in a marvelous context. On the day of Pentecost, after the Lord's death, after his resurrection, after those days when the disciples and the followers of Jesus were together praying earnestly, and the pouring out of the Spirit, probably many of these things began to come back to them in this context, the spirit of reality now making clear so many things that he had told them. I think you're right, Chris. I don't think they had too much realization at the time, but the spirit of reality made it very clear later. And we need the spirit of reality to make them clear to us today, don't we? That's right. Here's Witness Lee. Now, I believe in that night when the Lord instituted this supper, Nobody there was clear about the real significance. They heard the word, but I don't believe they understood. But after the Pentecostal day, by that time, oh, they could recall, my, my, now I know why in that night, right before he was arrested, he instituted such a table with the bride, with the up, right? Now understand, he was what? He was bring us into the full realization of his all-inclusive death and his wonderful resurrection and even he himself and his mystical body as his enlargement. What is this, dear saints? This is just the producing of the new man. And this is the development of that little seed sown in chapter 4 of the kingdom. We need much light to bring us into the depth of all these divine realities. I hope that we all got something. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
he still bring us into, into his table. All these four things are in the broken bread and in the shed blood. And the bread becomes a loaf. That is his body. Mystical. And the blood became what? A cup. A person to us and covenanted by God at the price he paid. It's marvelous. Everywhere, every time when we are having the table, you are not there carrying out a communion. You are not there performing mass. You are there to present us a vision, a revelation of the Lord's death, resurrection, his wonderful self, and his mystical body as his enlargement. Then we participate in his death, resurrection, and we take him as our all-inclusive replacement. Hallelujah. He will become everything. This is the producing of the new man. And eventually this new man will be just the kingdom of God. Marvelous. I hope that we all could see such a vision. Matt, uh, what a note to end on. I hope we could all see such a vision. You know, Matt, in one of the recent programs, we talked about how Mary got something that the disciples missed. She heard the Lord speaking concerning his death. And when she broke that flask and anointed him, he said, this is for my burial, which indicates she had actually entered into the experience of his death with him. And then on the morning of resurrection, she was the one that was there that was able to enter into the reality of his resurrection. So it seems like we hear this a lot from Witness Lee, the need for us not just to understand these things superficially, but to enter into them. If we're going to see such a vision, we really have to be entering in, don't we, to his death, to his resurrection, and to his mystical body, his enlargement. And the fourth one was his precious self. Those are the four things he talked about, his death, his resurrection, his precious self, and his mystical body. The the loaf there represented the enlarged body of Christ, which, you know, actually in in Mark, in chapter 4, we talked a lot about the kingdom. It started as a seed. It went through a development into a realm, and it grew. Well, here at the end of Mark, we see the kingdom started as a seed. It's developed now into a enlargement, that this table represents the enlargement of the kingdom. So on the whole earth today, there's a loaf. Wow. And that loaf represents the enlarged body of Christ over the whole earth. It's really uh, quite a picture, which is really just the kingdom of God. Yeah. So um, this matter of his mentioning the kingdom, even here in chapter 14, is not insignificant, is it? It's not, Chris. And I was also touched by a side point here is Judas did not partake of the Lord's Supper. Judas actually left. If you put the verses together from John... And we can't get into the detail now, but if you look at the footnotes, it's clear. Judas left after the Passover feast, and he immediately left. Then the Lord had the Lord's Supper with his genuine disciples. So in the kingdom of God, in the genuine church life, in the genuine Lord's table meeting, you really don't have any false believers. And that's why Judas was not partaking of the Lord's body and his blood.
That's a good point. You said a side point. It's actually in the written life study. He gets into that, of course, uh, for the sake of time. We just couldn't cover everything. This this message, in fact, both of these, this one and the next one, are very full. So I really hope our listeners will get the printed material here. Or at least they can visit uh, our website and read it online. Maybe you could tell folks about that. Yeah, Chris, uh, our website has all of the life studies available online. If someone has Internet access, they can go to lsm.org and follow the links to the printed materials of Witness Lee and and the life study of Mark. This whole message is there. This is life study number 43 in the life study of Mark. Of course, these radio programs are there, Matt. All of the past programs are archived there. You can listen to them online. And uh, a a lot of the resources at Living Stream you can actually sample and read and take a look at uh, at that website. Again, that's www.lsm.org. If you'd like to write to us, uh, you can do so. It's Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our toll-free number, uh, if you'd like to call us about getting these printed Life Study messages, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. As I mentioned, this is the first of two programs dealing with the Lord's Supper. We invite you back uh, for our next one. I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Me too, Chris. And for Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.